are plenty of attacks making the news these days, and while ransomware seems to be on the tips of everyone's tongue, there's another type of attack just simmering slightly below the surface. And while it may seem hard to believe, is more dangerous. And that is a supply chain attack. When you mention a supply chain attack, uh, solar winds quickly comes to mind. This attack was discovered in December last year when attackers exploited software from the IT group SolarWinds. That attack helped them gain access to as many as 18,000 customers. 18,000 organizations were left vulnerable. A software supply chain attack occurs when an attacker infiltrates a software vendor's network and deploys malicious code to compromise the software before the vendor sends it to their customers. That software can then further compromise customer data or systems. Among other things, this type of attack violates the level of trust between software supplier and its customer. Trust is the cornerstone of any relationship in business, especially when you're talking about software. This customer just has to believe that the, the vendor is providing a solid, true product that does what it's supposed to do. Once that trust ends up violated, whether on purpose or by accident, what happens next? Hello, my name is Greg Hale, and welcome to another edition of the uh, Today with ISS Source podcast series. Joining us again today is Dee Kamada, Global Director of Cybersecurity Services at Schneider Electric. Dee, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. All right, great. Dee, SolarWinds was a well-known supply chain attack, but it hasn't been the only one. And there's also the, and I not can pronounce this right, but Kaseya, which uh, attack that happened uh, this past summer. Have you seen these types of supply chain attacks in the past? Do you see them increasing moving forward? Yes, absolutely. I think the number of supply chains attacks is definitely increasing. And some of the why behind that is a lot of organizations will use third-party software and bundle it into a packaged offer in order to supply cybersecurity products and services to their end users. And when you follow that model and embed that third-party software, it opens up risk for supply chain cybersecurity attacks. And so SolarWinds was highly um, publicized just because of how big and, and how big the impact was. But there's stats that say that just in 2021, the supply chain cybersecurity attacks multiplied by four. And that data is from ANISA or the European Union Agency for Cybersecurity. So we're definitely seeing this on the rise within even just this past year. Well, the SolarWinds attack was so complex and and it seemed attackers were within the network of the victims. And have you seen an uptick in queries about what manufacturers can do? Yes, yes, definitely. So one of the things that uh, SolarWinds did is they had a packaged offering that included network performance monitoring software, server configuration monitoring, and network configuration monitoring that was used even by the likes of Schneider Electric. And so what we saw immediately following the attack was that our customers directly reached out to us and asked for an alternative. 
And even if that was a little inconvenient for the customer or the end user, because they had to use several vendors to fulfill all of those capabilities, what happened was an immediate loss in trust from the end user for the SolarWinds Orion platform. And so, yes, I would say as we are creating offers and embedding software that does things like network performance monitoring, our customers are even specifying that they may not want to use SolarWinds or require some convincing prior to using a SolarWinds type software. I will say, though, just to kind of balance this out, even though customers lose trust immediately and that's hard to rebuild, SolarWinds did have a really good vulnerability management and incident response team in place. And they're a large company. And so they were able to really work through that incident. Mm -hmm. Well, there are three uh, common types of supply chain attacks, uh, hijacking updates, undermining code signing, and compromising open source code. Have you seen these? And how can a user and security expert uh, protect against them? Sure. So I think one of the reasons that the SolarWind attack was so impactful is that it basically hits on two of these three. So what happened there was the hacker essentially got access to the update servers and understood what updates needed to be applied and injected the malware into the updates that went out to end user customers. So here you're seeing a little bit of the hijacking updates Secondly, being able to elevate their access, level of access to inject it, and then being able to look authentic. So undermining that authenticity of the actual code. So what I will say for that specific use case, it was definitely what we call an advanced persistent threat, which requires both intent as well as the capability to create such a sophisticated attack. But that being said, I would say, yes, these three different segments that you mentioned. So updates, code signing, and then compromised open source code are definitely key areas where that if compromised can impact the supply chain. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, I mean, how do attackers get in to compromise this code? I mean, is it like any kind of malware approach? You know, they try to get in via email or are there some other kind of ways to be able to get in and then pivot over? There's several different methodologies. I would say one, compromising the code repository is one way, and that's where you can elevate your privileges. Secondly, passwords are typically used and reused frequently. So once within the network, by just using the same credentials, a malicious actor can then pivot and get more access to data and have a bigger amount of impact. For that specifically, having a password manager or requiring changes in passwords for various different systems is critical. And then I would say general education. So phishing is still a very big issue and it's phishing attacks have become more sophisticated. And actually just recently, I got a text message from our CEO to my phone and the number looked legit, the message looked legit, and it was, you know, very much so targeted with a link. So that general education for people within the organization that may not be involved directly with 
coding or implementing cybersecurity controls that they can recognize that that doesn't seem right. I'm not going to click on that because that has direct linkage to the network is some training that can be done as well. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, though, are you seeing more and more of that type of training um, taking place? Absolutely. I would say the awareness around cybersecurity and how public especially these supply chain attacks can be, have caused end users and organizations to require training. So most companies have some sort of cybersecurity awareness training in place that at least cover the basics and Mm -hmm. focus on phishing. So I would say the average person, um, whether working in corporate or not, really understand or or beginning to understand what phishing is. And then as you get into more technical roles, especially folks that are aligned to development type work, there is a lot of training around security and a lot of implementation around secure development frameworks so that they can recognize and understand how to produce products that acknowledge and build in cybersecurity controls to make the systems and software less vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find these types of attacks targeted for specific companies and specific industries, or, or do you feel that they're more open-ended to find out who and what they can get? So I would say data in the OT space, so anything that has to do with operations, is very valuable, especially process-type information. So specifically in the OT space, we've seen some targeted attacks, specifically in the water segment, I would say is one area that's really popular, Um, in the energy segment. So there's a lot of talk around being more efficient, around energy objectives, sustainability, those sorts of initiatives. And so there is a lot of interest in the energy space. That being said, I would say that most attacks happen out of curiosity. And so there is an element of trying to see how far or how much information can be gathered, a lot of times malicious, but sometimes not malicious. So I would say it's a mix, but targeting some of those key focus areas when it comes to the OT space. Mm-hmm. Now, a ransomware attack is, you know, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it it's generally about, you know, the bad guys wanting to get money. I mean, that's what it's all about, whether it's, you know, 4 million, 11 million, 40 million, whatever it is, they just, that's the main goal behind that. But what are some of the, uh, and I think you kind of touched on it, but what are some of the reasons behind any kind of a supply chain attack that you're seeing? Sure. So ransomware is a form of malware. And what that does is it embeds itself into the software and looks legitimate. And so with ransomware, yes, there is the end motive to get some sort of financial compensation. But in general, the data, whether it's a ransomware attack or just a a piece of malware, malware that has been inserted, the idea is to get information that could be beneficial financially. So whether that's know-how, so process information, 
whether that's information on end users or customers that can ultimately be beneficial financially. I think that there's that general theme that it's the data and the know-how where there is the capability to profit from it. So yes, definitely ransomware attacks and wanting to get an immediate financial benefit, but there's also that longer term strategy with malware in general to get the know-how and the data, which is valuable. I just want to make sure that that answered your question. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, but the, the the supply chain attackers, I mean, are they, you know, they're just, are they, and like I said, I think you may have partially answered it earlier, but are they trying to, you know, what are they trying to get out of this? You know, they're trying to get in so they can uh, wreak havoc on XYZ company or a series of companies or are they setting themselves up for something they could do down the road? Okay, so that's a, that's a good question. So I think there's two elements here that are pretty critical and unique around supply chain attacks. The first one is that with a supply chain attack, there's an element of elevated privilege that needs to be granted in order for the malicious actor to move within a network. So by building the trust between what is supposed to be a third-party trusted vendor and then, say, a partnership like you know Schneider itself, there's the collaboration and elevated privilege that's granted in a more, I'd say an e- it's an easier collaboration between the two to get that elevated access, which is required to get the information or the data that they're looking for. And then there's usually some sort of mechanism to spread that malicious code in a quicker manner. So what I mean by this is that the malware was inserted at the update server, which meant that all end users were basically tapping into this update server, getting the updates, and then impacting their own systems and software. So there's that greater reach because there's a centralized location essentially for that malware to spread. And then lastly, there's this level of communication between the end user networks, the third party network, and then the intermediary reseller or the solution that's embedded. And so that's a lot of access and a lot of communication that's really unique to that business model where a, say an OEM like Schneider will embed or resell a third-party component and then connect to an end-user site. So just the access that's given from the elevated access, that centralized location to spread greatly, and then the communication between the three parties, it's a perfect storm or disaster for, you know, when it comes to managing risk and, and its high impact across all three stakeholders when it comes to a software solution. Mm -hmm. Do you see a supply chain attack being coupled with something like ransomware that uh, could, you know, just totally blow away any kind of company? I think it depends on the company size. So yes, I think that the possibility for a ransomware attack to be crippling or disabling to an organization is high. However, I think that there's some safeguards that can be put in place prior to that point so that it is not to that full extent. And so um, we haven't seen, so the SolarWinds attack was was really big. The target attack, similar supply chain attack was really big, but we'll, you'll notice that it's in the response to the 
attack and the recovery after the incident is found out where you can really gain back some of that credibility. So something like the Target attack is still kind of referenced at a high level, but people are still shopping at Target, still giving their information, and they've rebuilt a lot of trust. And I truly believe it's because of the way that they recovered from that incident. And I feel the same is true if there's a preparedness up front for the event that there might be any sort of incident, not just supply chain. That being said, for maybe smaller organizations or companies that have created software that wasn't created with cybersecurity safeguards from the get-go or considered, I can see how a ransomware attack could be detrimental. Mm -hmm. Going back to what I said earlier about, you know, this level of trust. So uh, a customer downloads an update to uh, XYZ software, and they don't even know that there's malware on that, on that, uh, that update. So I guess my... That's my long-winded way of asking a question is, you know, how can you ward off that kind of uh, supply chain attack? I mean, do you have a, a list in uh, like best practices that, you know, your customers or manufacturers in general can keep an eye out for? Yeah. So from a process standpoint, what we're seeing become more popular are supply chain risk management requirements that have a section specifically related to cybersecurity. And so it's the typical format for how you would evaluate a third-party vendor, you know, a checklist or a list of requirements that the vendor needs to meet in order for them to validate that it's a good vendor to work with. So I would say having that list of requirements and criteria upfront from a process standpoint is one way to initially vet if this is a good third party to work with or if they need to make some improvements. And then I would say as part of that checklist, ensuring that the third party supplier has a secure development lifecycle in place that includes basically some sort of code check or validation that the code is clean or uh, lots of other principles underneath that umbrella, but very good principles about secure development framework and a vulnerability management process after something is found. I think those elements are critical. And then I would say in general, just having some safeguards around access management and specifically elevated access should definitely set off a trigger when it comes to like a technology safeguard for ensuring ensuring or or mitigating the risk of some sort of cyber attack. And then on the flip side, in the relationship between like someone like Schneider leveraging, you know, SolarWinds or any other third party solution, when the actual incident happens, a lot of times the end user is looking to the middleman, which would be someone like Schneider for a response or support or guidance. So ensuring that the relationship between the solution provider and the third party also has some safeguards is pretty critical as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I, I appreciate it. And Dee, well, thanks, Dee. And that's right now, that's about all the time we have for now. So I'm just gonna say for Dee Kamada, this is Greg Hale saying thank you for listening and stay safe out there. Thank you.